This week's bracha is the one that begins with the words modim. It's called by Chazal Bekat Hodaya. The translation of Hodaya that we've been taught since early childhood is gratitude. Modim means we thank you. That is the usual meaning of the word in most uh, circumstances. Large parts of this bracha that fits in very, very well. We thank you for the life that you have given us and for the miracles that you do for us every day, etc., etc., etc. The truth is, I, I would like to try to understand what does gratitude exactly mean? It's something which we're all familiar with. Uh, presumably we understand it, having been taught, when? Early childhood. Uh, at the age of three, you go to shul and the candy man gives you a candy, your parent teaches you, your mother says to you, say thank you. We know what gratitude means, but the truth is I really don't know. What, what exactly are we expressing when we say thank you? What does it mean to say gratitude towards God? So, but uh, at this point, I'm assuming we know what that means. It's a very basic human, I would call it a, a an emotion or an attitude. And as far as I know, all societies in the world have it. And uh, we thank God for the miracles, the good, the wonderful things He's done for us every day of our lives. That's explanation number one for what Hodaya means. Um, the opening of the Bracha, the first appearance of the word Modim, doesn't really fit into that explanation. Modim anachnu lach she'atahu Hashem alokeinu kevotainu we, I'm going to translate it as though it means thanks. We thank you, God, that you are our God forever. I imagine someone could say, it sounds to me like a bit of drush, but you could say that we thank God for His agreeing to be our God. After all, uh, today perhaps, theologically influenced, we use the word God as something to uh, something absolute. And God is God because He's God. But surely in the Torah it is true that, that you, you're the God of something. God is the God of Israel. And that was a, an acceptance on His part, an agreement on His part, a will on His part. He will be our God and we will be His people. So maybe we thank God for his, the fact that He is our God. Elokein knew He's our God. But I don't think that's really the pshat here. Generally speaking, uh, as expressed in the rest of the Bacha, we want to thank somebody you thank him because for Nodelacha, the next the very next line, Nodelacha, Al Chayenu. The word Al there means for our lives which are placed in your hands, for the miracles which you do for us every day, uh, morning, evening and night. But here it doesn't say Al Sha'atahu Ashamalokainu, Ella Sha'ata. Modima Nachnulach Sha'atahu Ashamalokainu. There is another meaning, at least the way we divide up meanings in English, to the word hoda'a. And for convention's sake, I will call it hoda'ya. It's exactly the same, uh, it's exactly the same uh, uh, verb, but it has another form which, just for convenience sake, it's useful to use. The, the same root of uh, the Hodot is the meaning of the word 
the common word vidui, meaning to confess. Usually, very often, it's found in connection with sin, psukim in the Torah, or kobanot in general, and and especially chatat, the sin offering. For instance, in Sir Mishdalech and Yom Kippur, Vehitvada alav. Vehitvadot, we all know what it means. It means to confess the sins. Vehitvada alav et kolavanot b'nei Yisrael. In, in, in Mishnai Kivu, in Chazal, uh, it's used to, we wouldn't call this confess in English, it's used to admit to not necessarily a crime, but to monetary obligations. Hodaat if I come to you and I say you owe me a hundred dollars, you say yes, that's true. That's called hoda'a, an admission, not necessarily of guilt, admission of obligation. What the word means is acknowledgement of the truth. Generally speaking, in a situation that involves some sort of obligation. So I acknowledge the truth of my sins. I acknowledge the truth of my monetary obligations. That's called hoda'a. The word confession is actually a very, very good translation if we use it in its more ancient sense. You can have a confession of faith. It means asserting the truth of uh, of something which which obligates me or to which I commit myself. It's, it's making a commitment to the truth. Um, which in its original sense, confession wasn't necessarily having to do with sin. Uh, you could confess to the truth that God is king. Exactly. Modim anach nulach she'ata means we assert, we admit to the truth of, and we um, obligate ourselves, or we accept upon ourselves the implications of the fact, admis- admission to a fact, confession of the fact that you are our God at all times. And that is apparently the meaning of the word modim in the beginning of this bracha, which would appear to be a distinct understanding of the word than, than gratitude. When I say thank you to somebody, I'm not admitting that he did something for me. I'm, I'm somehow thanking him. I'm, I'm responding. When I admit to an obligation or I confess to the truth that God is king, I'm, I'm doing something having to do with the truth. I'm recognizing the truth. And therefore it appears that the meaning of the word has changed within the bracha itself. From the opening line, to the next line, If we look in Tanakh specifically in Sefer Tehilim, but many places, other places as well, we find the third meaning to the word, Hoda'ah. In Tanakh, the word Lahodot is very often used as a synonym for to praise. Um, the opening line of Pesukei de Zimra, Pasuk taken from Tilim, Hodu l'Hashem kiru v'shmo. doesn't say Hodu l'Hashem al, doesn't say Hodu l'Hashem she, just says Hodu l'Hashem. And then it's followed by a parallel phrase, kiru v'shmo, call out in His name. Hodu l'Hashem means praise God. Uh, even in modern Hebrew it's used uh, sometimes that way. If you, if you want to have, you have this sort of a gospel attitude, you hear some good news and you say, you could say, thank God. Or you could say, Hodul Hashem. Praise God. Thank God. Uh, it just means, it just, it's, it's a synonym for praise. 
Um, you could assume that each one of those appearances is basically gratitude without specifying what. Um, but it's so common in Tidim, not to specify what, that I think it's very strange to imagine that in all those occasions, Hodul Hashem Kitov, Kili Olam Chasto, that it actually means thanking God without specifying what we're thanking Him for. There are cases I think where it's, where it's undeniable. And I'll give a, a striking case. It couldn't possibly mean gratitude. In Melachim Aleph, Perik Chet, Pasuk Lamed Gimel, this is the prayer of Shlomo Melach, which we mentioned in some of the previous Shi'urim. After Shlomo Melach finished building the Beit HaMikdash, he offered a long and detailed prayer, whereby he asked God to accept the Mikdash as a place where people could come and pray to God, meet God, uh, do that which you do in a Beit HaMikdash or a Beit HaKneset. And you have the following Pasuk, Pasuk Lamed Gimel, When your people Israel are smitten before the enemy, because they have sinned to you, v'shavu eilecha, and they will return to you, v'hodu et shemecha, v'tpalalu v'tchalanu eilecha b'bayit hazeh. So when your people Israel are oppressed, are smitten by the enemy, when they will return to you, and they will do hodaya to your name, and they will pray and beseech you in this house, ata tishma shamayim, let you... I pray that you hear them from the heaven and you will forgive them, you will forgive the sin of your people Israel and you will return them to the land which you gave to their, to their forefathers. Here, what took place was defeat in battle. And when the Jews returned to you and thank you, what are they thanking God for? They were, they were, they were defeated, they were smitten in battle before their enemies. If God hears their prayer and returns them to the land, then they should thank Him. But that comes later. The order is here. You are smitten by your enemies. You will return to God. You will do hoda'ah. You will pray. You will beseech. And then God will hear your prayers and forgive you and return you to the land which you gave to your forefathers. Hodu et shemecha in this pasuk is part of the process of tshuva. V'shavu eilecha v'hodu et shemecha v'itpalelu v'itchananu eilecha. They will return to you, they will do hoda'ah, they will pray, and they will beseech. It doesn't mean gratitude. It means they will turn to you. And they will do, they will fulfill the religious obligation that a person has to God. Namely, that they will, they will pray to God, they will call out His name. So they will return to God, they will do hoda'ah, they will do tefillah, they will do tachina. You have after the uh, opening of return to God, you have Praise, prayer, and beseeching. Notice that in this phrase, a very common uh, one in Sefatilim, it says, I don't think we would ever say, I want to thank the name of God. It is true, the name of God, Shem Hashem, very often appears as a almost a synonym to God, but only in a specific context. If you thank God, would we ever think of saying, meaning, I want to thank the name of God? If it means praise, then yes. The, the, the praise is very often directed to God's name. To praise God's name means to magnify God's name. 
words, the name of God is that which we which receives the praise, because the name of God becomes magnified and uh, acclaimed by the praise that is heaped on God. But to thank the name of God sounds to me like a a a, a very strange thing to do. I don't think it's ever found. Whenever you find the Shem Hashem, I think the word Hodu means to praise. Um, to give just one more example from this, in this time from Lashon HaTefillah not from Tanakh but from Tefillah um, you have a long list of synonyms Lahodot, Lahalel, Shabach, Lefael, Leromem, Laaleu, Lekales right in the introduction to Yishtabach and Shabbat part of Tefillah Nishmat all the other phases simply mean praise Lahalel L'shabeach, l'fa'er, l'romem, l'alei, u'l'kalais. That's seven expressions. There's more in the Sukhsvad. Uh, that means to praise God. The first one is l'hodot. L'hodot l'halel. It's just a synonym to mean to praise. So I think we have three different, really different, uh, meanings of this phrase. In this bracha, the last one is also found quite explicitly at the very end of the bracha. V'yal kulam. And for all these things, your name should be magnified and glorified. And all life should do hodaya to your name and praise you. They should praise your name forever. It's parallel to the Yahalulu. It has the expression Shimcha, your name. And that's clearly what it means. The end of the Bacha is uh, the praise of God. So we have three different meanings of the word Hodaya. It me it's an, an emotion of gratitude, it's a intellectual recognition of the truth, and it's the act of praising. There are three different actions here three different goals, I would say, three different aims. And in fact, even grammatically, you could distinguish between them. One is lehodot al, is gratitude. Lehodot sheh, is recognition, admission. And lehodot l'shem, is, is to praise God. But since it's only one bracha, and frankly, the very fact that it's one word in Hebrew, but even more so, that this bracha has one theme, I think we have to find out what is the underlying true meaning of this word, which is expressed in the three different meanings that I mentioned. <clears throat> and now I come back to one of my original questions. Let's go back to gratitude. What are you really doing when you say thank you to somebody? I think to understand this, we have to repeat the, uh, the simile that I mentioned last week as the way Chazal defined the last three brachot. Both Ritzay, Hodo, Modim, and Shalom. Chazal used the phrase, Niftar v'holechlo. After praying, you take leave and depart. As I pointed out in the last year, taking leave is this sort of medieval, archaic expression of the formal departure from before the king. The servant has come to the king, has praised him, has asked for his needs, and now it's time to leave. But you can't just get up and leave. You have to say bye and walk out. You take leave. There's a formal ceremony involved, which last week was expressed in the Bachavetzei, which I explained meaning, we say to God, 
I hope my time with you, I hope my audience with you has given you pleasure, has not been too great a burden on you. And now we come to Birkat Hoda'ah. The most important thing to remember is that we're speaking about a servant in the presence of the king. I think the the meaning of Hoda'ah here is closest to what we call in English allegiance. It's a pledge of allegiance. In in medieval times, the Pledge of Allegiance was personal to one's Lord. And everybody, in fact, had this kind of allegiance. The word liege, allegiance, is taken from the word liege. Liege means someone who is bound to somebody else. Everybody had a liege Lord. The peasants were in the, the local squire, and the squire to the earl, and the earl to the duke, and the duke to the king. The king and nobody above him other than God. But the, the medieval system was based on obligation within society. And you would appear, there was a formal, there would be a formal ceremony where a person would come and he would accept, he would, he would pledge his allegiance to the Lord into whose service he entered. In modern times, the democratic times, we don't have allegiance, at least formal allegiance to another human being. It's left only to the somewhat abstract concept of country uh, or, or government. But the idea is that there is sovereignty and therefore there is allegiance. When we show gratitude, I think, it's basically based on that concept. It's not a promise to pay somebody back. If uh, if I'm going to pay you, then I don't have to say thank you. Well, we do it anyhow. But but if somebody gives me something and I pay him full recompense for what he's done, there's nothing left to say thank you for. Thank you isn't a promise to pay you. It's because I'm not going to pay you. If I get something freely from you, and I'm not going to pay you, then I have to say that I'm grati- that, that 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 I'm grateful. And what I think what gratitude indicates is a recognition of the fact that I am in your debt, not a formal debt to be paid, but I'm I'm obligated to you. I have been, in fact, by the very act of your giving me something, so I have been placed in a relationship of dependency, and you are, to a certain extent, to a certain, very minor extent perhaps, my sovereign. Gifts obligate. Deep down in our psychology, we know it's true, and that's why we sometimes don't like getting gifts. Despite the fact that we gain from them, but we also deep down recognize that if someone has given you a gift, then you're no longer equal. You are literally in his debt. The word debt is not the important thing here, it's the in his. You are subject to this person because by giving you something, by granting you something, the relationship between you is no longer is no longer an equal relationship. Eved or matanot expressions of Hamelach uh, Shlomo, uh, the wisest of all men. And psychologically, people know this. You, you, you don't like getting favors from people who you're not willing to be obligated towards them. Not because obligation, and it's an obligation you can't get out of simply by paying them the $10. It's a deep obligation. It's personal. 
you to a certain extent, I say a limited extent, but you become subject in the, in the political sense to the person who has granted you his favors. Now, if we no longer, you know, use this or understand this, it no longer exists in our political life, but we do recognize that it's true about God. I may not be subject to any man today, but I do recognize that I'm subject to God. And I think that's what's taking place in this bracha. And that's what includes all three meanings that I described. We are grateful to God. We recognize what? That He is God. That doesn't mean He is God. That He is our God. That we are the subjects of the God. It's a recognition of a truth, but a recognition of what kind of a truth? A truth that obligates. That obligation is called gratitude. There might be other obligations. Maybe obligated to do everything he says. Maybe obligated to pay him. You're obligated to do anything he wants. In, in, in true medieval fashion, if I am a subject to my liege lord, that, that means that I don't do anything now, but whenever you need me and call me, I'll show up. I'll do anything you ask for. So of course, I'm obligated to do God's will. So there's a recognition of the relationship. There's the expression of what that entails. And shevach. The very fact that we're unequal that he is greater than I. It's not a technicality that he's in charge that I'm dependent. It's it's because there's a real difference between us. He is ennobled and I am not. It's not merely an arrangement. In the medieval times, they really believed it wasn't merely an arrangement. Today we would say it's only an arrangement because we think all men are equal. But relationship to God, relationship to our true betters, if it would be such a thing, speaking in a class society, then inferiors praise superiors. Inferiors are obligated to their superiors and they also thank their superiors for what the superior has, has, has given by virtue of his superiority. This is expressed now in Shwan essay for the reason that we described last week. You are leaving God's presence. There's a certain ceremony that takes place when you leave God's presence. What does that ceremony consist of? Not thanking God for what he gave you. He didn't give you anything yet. You just asked him for it. You're very hopeful that you'll get it. He gave you things yesterday. It's not so much, oh, I have to pay you off. It's, I've appeared before God. I've asked God to take care of my needs. Before I leave, I pledge my allegiance. I'm going out into the world. I'm leaving you. But I'm still your subject. This wasn't a chance encounter. On the contrary, because of this encounter and all the other encounters between us, I remain your your um, faithful servant. You know, like, like try signing a letter in medieval times. You finish the letter, you've asked the king for this and for that, then you sign, just you sign, you just write those words. Your faithful servant. Kama. Ezra Bik. That's what modem consists of. We are leaving. We say to God, I hope my presence here has been pleasure for you. I remain your faithful servant who praises you and recognizes you recognize that you are his Lord at all times. And afterwards we'll get to saying Shalom. That'll be, that'll be the next, that'll be the next bacha. The Pasuk I brought before and from Lachim. Why was there Hodaya there? To praise you. They had sinned and God had led them, had, had put them into defeat. And they had been afflicted and smitten by their enemies. V'shavu But why did it take place? Because they had sinned. They had turned their backs on God. 
they had basically rebelled or or thrown off the servitude of God. When they return to you, what does it mean to return to God? It literally means to come close. But what does it mean to come close to God? Not just to come close and say, hey, I'm here. It's to come close to God as He is God and I am His servant. V'shavu eilecha, v'hodu et shmecha. They return to you and re-pledge their allegiance. So to speak, it's like, it's like the, the, uh, a province has rebelled and they were punished and now they, it's a little bit, uh, it's an abject humility. They have to come on their, on their, on their hands and knees and say, we return, we reaffirm the fact that we are your faithful servants. V'shavu eilecha, v'hodu et shmecha, and they beg for mercy and God will be merciful and return them to the land of their fathers. As part of tshuva, repentance involves hodaya. Why? Not because when you, when you return to God, so you have to praise Him. When you return to God, you have to pledge your allegiance to Him because that's the main step in returning to God as opposed to running away from God. If we could just take a few minutes on the basis of this, to look at the actual language of the Bacha, I think it becomes clear that, that we, now, we now understand it. The Bacha begins, Alright? We recognize the fact, we declare, it's a formal declaration of, of, of allegiance. We declare that you are our God. Interesting expression. Forever. The rock of our lives the defender of our redemption, from generation to generation. There's a special emphasis here on eternity. Why? I think again, that if it was merely gratitude, what does it mean to say I'm grateful for your eternal goodness? I'm grateful for each and each and every individual thing. Later on it says, that But here it's not saying a lot, more and more and more and more. It says... It, the, the eternity here means constant. The constancy. If we're talking about the basic relationship between ourselves and God, it's not the sum of all the little things He's done for us. It's the fact that He is God and we are His subjects. And here it makes sense to say, it's not a passing thing. It didn't happen yesterday. It's not something which could be different tomorrow. It's the relationship between us and God. It's eternal. <coughs> it's, it's, it's permanent. Because it's essential. There can be no other possibility. The first thing we thank God for, Nodelacha al chayenu hamesurim biyadecha, on our lives which are delivered to your hands. Again, if it was gratitude in the usual sense, and only gratitude in the usual sense, I think we should say, we thank you for our lives which are in your hands and you have given them to us. And our souls which are placed by you, and you've given them back. Our souls are in God's hands, but he's, we're not thanking him because our souls are in his hand, we're thanking him because he's, he takes care of us. But since Hodeya doesn't really mean just gratitude in a limited sense, but means allegiance, then what we're saying is, we thank you, we praise you, we recognize the fact that our lives are in your hands. They're not, we're not, it's dependency. And you are responsible. 
for our lives, which is good for us, but also means that we aren't independent. You're independent, we're independent, we're both independent, and therefore equals. No. The relationship between us is essentially unequal because our lives are delivered to your hands. Our souls are entrusted by you, in you. That's the relationship we're talking about. We, we don't have any freedom of action here. We are dependent on God and therefore we express our allegiance to God. The very end of the first section of it's quite a long bracha. The very end of the first section. First section means because in the Sidurim they, they broke it there. The last words are kivinulach. We hope for you. Our hope is placed in you. What does tikva, hope, have to do with this bracha? I thank God and my hope is placed in Him. Since the basic relation between us and God, which creates Hodaya, why do I have allegiance to God? Is because of dependency. He gives us things. And we receive. He is the giver, we're the receiver. And therefore we are totally dependent on Him. So the expression of dependency is to say that therefore I have tikva, All my hopes all my trust is in God because I am totally dependent dependent on God. And finally, the end of the Bacha, which we have no time left to elaborate on, uh, goes to pure praise, but an interesting development. Not only do I praise God, but I express a hope, prayer, conviction that all living things will Thank will do hodaya for you. Again, if it was thanking God, so I had to thank God. What's it to me that I should say? I hope my neighbor also thanks you. It's between you. It's between you and him, between God and my neighbor. But if we're talking about allegiance, certain political element involved here, then it's not merely true that other people should be uh, subject to God. Other people should show allegiance to God as well. My relationship with God is based on the fact that He is King of the world and we are all dependent on Him. As a loyal subject to God, I cannot help but express my hope that His kingdom will be expressed that all of His loyal subjects will be loyal subjects. All of His subjects will be loyal subjects to Him. It, <coughs> I praise God for He is good and it is a good thing to be subject to God to show allegiance to God it is good it is na'eh it is even pleasant for me it's not tyranny it's not torture it's not suffering to be a subject of God it is good for me that I am able, I am happy that I am able to express my allegiance and my servitude and my being subject to, to God. And there's more to say about this bracha. It's a very long bracha and there's probably a lot more to analyze. Our time is up and next week we will complete the Shemona by the third bracha of this section of Taking leave and departing. Birkat Shalom. Shalom.